Leslie Rob comedy, welcome to the show. Uh-uh. Wait, Leslie Rob said what? What? Leslie Rob said what? What? Leslie Rob said what? Hello, hello, guys, and welcome to another episode of Leslie Said What. Okay, guys, like tonight is going to be an amazing topic with an amazing guest speaker. You guys are going to be mind blown with the research that she um, compiled to come up with her new book, She Deserves Better. It's a book about raising girls to resist toxic teachings on sex, self, and speaking up. Guys, this is going to be a good one. So, If you guys are new to Leslie Said What, just know that you can join the conversation by simply commenting below and we will recognize you, we'll answer your questions. We want you guys to join the conversation. It makes it that much more fun if you guys just join in. So guys, tonight's guest is, her name is Sheila. She's going to introduce herself shortly because I am always horrible and she probably remembers this from last time. I am terrible about saying her name, her last name. I can never get it right. So I'm going to let her say it when she gets here. But again, guys, we're glad you're here. We hope you'll join the conversation. Again, this topic is going to be dynamite. Okay, so without further ado, guys, I'm going to bring in Miss Sheila Gregoire. Gregoire, there you go. Gregoire. <laughs> <laughs> I always get it wrong, Sheila. I That's okay. Everybody does. Everybody does. Yeah. <laughs> well, Sheila, welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you. It's good to be back. Oh, I'm so excited to have you back. Like, as you know, I am a huge fan, huge fan. I cannot tell you that enough. Like, I am just so grateful for all of your books and all of your hard work and research. It has just made such a difference for so many women in the Christian faith. And I'm just, I'm, I'm so grateful. And just women in general. Like, yeah. just being... um educated more on sex and what that means to marriage. It, oh, it's just been mind blowing. Awesome. Oh, thank you. So Sheila, so tell us who is Sheila Gregoire? Well, first of all, I knit all the time. That's what I do for <laughs> like de-stressing. Um, I have I on hand knit socks, a hand knit sweater, but that's not really what I'm, I'm known for. So like, um, I, I was a mommy blogger back when mommy blogs were a thing. So I started in 2008 and I was talking about like housework and organizing and all the things that mommy bloggers talk about. And the more I talked about sex, the more my traffic grew. And so I kind of became this Christian sex lady, which is weird. Like nobody grows up thinking, Hey, I want to be the Christian sex lady. Um, but I did that for about 10 years and then I did something drastic. I read another Christian book about sex and marriage. Cause I'd never done that before. Cause I was always afraid of plagiarizing and I read like such horrible <gasps> stuff. And I thought, Oh crap, is this what's being taught? So everything in my ministry pivoted. So instead of just writing advice, we started doing these huge, ultra huge research projects to find out if our teaching is actually hurting people. So when I was on last time, I was talking about the great sex rescue and our yeah. survey of 20,000 women. And now we have a brand new survey of another 7,000 women to find out how their experiences in church as teens have impacted them long term and how we can stop telling kids toxic stuff and start telling them healthy stuff. And I love this topic, Sheila. Um, and I told you this off air, like guys, I'm super excited about this topic because I teach high school and mm-hmm. believe it or not with me teaching what used to be called home ec, which we don't say anymore. Right. Um, now I teach high school family and consumer sciences, which is the new version of home ec. And in teaching that 
I mostly teach girls and a lot of that encompasses sex ed. So I'm super excited to discuss this with you so that me being a Christian and a teacher in today's public school system, you know, just a better way to handle things and a better mm -hmm. way to have those conversations and to talk to my students um, in that way, especially when I'm teaching sex ed. So this is going to be amazing. So um, let's just dive right in. So how does this book build upon your first book, The Great Sex Rescue? Well, okay. Anyone who's watching, like after you're finished, don't do this right now because this is live, but after you're listening, go to Amazon, look up The Great Sex Rescue and just read the reviews. There's like 2000 of them there. And what you'll see is overwhelmingly women are saying, I feel so validated. I feel so seen, which is great. That's wonderful. But then we had these women coming to us saying, this is great. Like I feel healed, but I have absolutely no idea what to say to my kids now because I grew up hearing like super toxic stuff and I don't want to pass that on. But I also don't want to say, Hey, you're 14, go out and spread your wings, do whatever you want. So, so what do I do? And that's what we were trying to answer. So we surveyed women about what they heard as teenagers, what messages they heard, what experiences they had in church. And then we were looking at, Hey, what happens to your self-esteem long-term? If you get married, what happens to your marriage? Are you likely to marry an abuser? Because that's not good. You know, so so let's look at what happens long term. Gotcha. Okay. So, and the thing is, is like taking that and then now having this book, she deserves better. It just seems like it all kind of scaffolds and builds on each other. Well, so, yeah. So like, hopefully people will teach their kids with she deserves better. And then your kids will not need the great sex rescue. Yeah, <laughs> like, there we go. Let's work me out of business. That yeah. would be wonderful. I love it. That's a great way to put it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, well, so tell me this, why did you feel this book was necessary, especially in today's culture? You know, we often think all of the problems are with high school, right? It's with the culture out there. Now, Leslie, you're a teacher in high school. I assume you're not a mass murderer or a terrible person, right? Like, you, <laughs> like, like and that's the thing. There's a, like, w when we think it's the problem is all with schools, we sometimes miss that the problems can be in our church too. Mm. And sometimes mm -hmm. the stuff that hurts our kids is actually coming from the people that are closest to us because we can believe stuff about God that is kind of off. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what we found in our surveys. We're not saying that, that, that outside the church is perfect. I'm not saying that at all. It's just like so many books have been written on how to protect your kids from the world. Mm -hmm. And the question that we're asking is, are they necessarily going to end up great? even if they only hear what's in the church, because we did some really wacky stuff in the last 25 years in the church with purity culture, some really wacky stuff. And it didn't um, always turn out the best. Yeah. And you know, and that's what worries me is because I listen to my students and I, I listen to them and how, you know, they're just their mindsets of like, well, I'm just getting it over with. Like, I'm just like, I just want to get it over with. I'm done. Or the kids who are like, well, people think I'm already doing it anyway. So I'm just going to mm -hmm. do it like this weird, toxic mindset that they've created about it simply because of the fact that it's either not talked about mm -hmm. or it's, it's still a taboo, very taboo to talk about sex in the church. And so like for our teens and our, especially our teen girls, they just don't know what to do with it. Like what mm -hmm. to look, what to think, what to say, what to do, because, you know, between, you know, their friends on Snapchat and their friends in school, they just... You know, like for them, it's just a thing to check off a box just to get it over with. Isn't that sad? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's heartbreaking. Yeah. 
Yeah, in today's culture, I mean, it's just literally what it is. It, and it's like, I love this next question where it says, let's talk dating. So we're going to talk about dating for a second, guys. Um, so the no kissing before marriage dating rules of the 1990s and 2000s have largely gone by the wayside. But is there a better way? So yeah, I mean, first of all, that? That, that, that's, that's freaky, isn't it? That there was this, when we looked at the different generations of our survey of 7,000 women, I can tell you this, boomer women, they all kissed before the wedding. Like we're talking like 99.5% and probably those 0.5% like only knew their spouse from writing letters or something. Okay. Like, (laughs) and then Gen X, I'm Gen X. Like we all kissed before the wedding too. And then you get to millennials who went to church and there's this weird blip where among millennials, and we were surveying mostly predominantly evangelical women, there's like 12% or something that, that waited for the marriage for kissing. Like that was, that never happened. Like even Jane Eyre, even like, like Jane Austen, like even those old novels, they all kissed as soon as they were engaged. It's like nobody waited for the, mm-hmm. for the wedding, but this was a, this was a relatively new thing. And I think it came out of good intentions. Like we forget how bad the eighties were. You know, I, I grew up in the 80s and the rates of teen pregnancy, the rates of teen sexual activity, the rates of alcohol and drug use were through the roof. Like it was really bad. Mm-hmm. And so governments and the church all saw this and they were like, we got to stop teens from doing this, which was good. Like, yeah, you don't want teens doing that. Right. But the the school's reaction was let's put in comprehensive sex ed. And the church's reaction is let's not do any, let's, let's not talk about anything except for abstinence. And then let's stop kids from dating as well. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, but did it work? No. Well, actually it depends how you measure it. Here's what's, here's what's neat. Okay. So, so Leslie, if you want kids, if your big concern is that women go to the wedding as virgins, if that's the only thing you care about, it worked. But if you think to yourself, you know what, there's other things that are important. Like, I don't want her marrying an abuser. I want her to have a good marriage when she does get married. I don't want her to have sexual pain when she gets married. I want her to have high self-esteem. If you care about all those other things, then it sure didn't work at all. Mm, Well said. You know? Well said. So it depends how you measure it. So we divided people into four groups. All right. People who were allowed to date and date, people who were allowed to date and didn't date, people who weren't allowed to date but dated, and people who weren't allowed to date but didn't date. Okay? So there you go. Those four groups. I love it. And you know what? There's no group that did the best on everything. Wow. The group that did the best on most things but not all was the group that was allowed to date but chose not to. Huh. Well, here's... Here's the thing. Parents can't control that. Mm. Very true. So true. And that's the message I think that parents and teachers need to hear is like, we can't control our kids. What we need to do is is have a really good relationship and get their self-esteem high. Because people who have high self-esteem as teenagers, they do really well. You know, and so let's keep their self-esteem high by having a great open relationship with them by giving them tons of information because there is no downside to information. We we gave women a, a set of 10 words to do with sex ed and asked how many of these could you define when you graduated high school. The more words they knew, the higher their self-esteem, the lower their likelihood of marrying an abuser, the lower their likelihood of having multiple sex partners. Like there was no downside. <laughs> Wow. To information. 
See, and that's the thing that gets me. It's like I tell this to my parents all the time, not my personal parents, my my students' mm-hmm, parents. Mm-hmm. Is like if you want to make sure that your child is never gonna have sex, they're never gonna do anything, this, any other, you can get let it go. Just forget it. But if if the goal is to, like you said, I tell parents to make the goal to have a relationship with your kid. Well, they know that they can come to you. They can talk to you that, that, like you said, that open line of communication is there because then that child will come most likely, they will Mm -hmm. be more likely to come to their parent and discuss things and, and then have a healthier approach to it, especially. And the number one thing, like you said too, is self-esteem. I tell people all the time is build your child's self-confidence. If you can Mm -hmm. build your child's self-confidence, nothing is going to, literally impact them better in a, a more positive way than having positive self-confidence because the the most confident kids confident children walking in the hallways are the students who don't usually give a crap what anybody else thinks like they're like man whatever but the girls who are so bent on trying to fit in those mm-hmm. are the girls i find that often tend to um, be heavily sexually active. Um, it's just like, well, you know, Miss Rob, well, I just want to make sure that like, you know, everybody else is, you know, and Mm -hmm. that whole, everybody else is doing it mindset has been around forever, but it's even more so of a toxic thing nowadays because of the fact that nowadays they're just getting, (laughs) getting away with it a lot easier because of all the things that are going on behind the scenes with the abortions and all the other things that are going on. So like my girls have gotten this, this toxic mindset about, well, I already did it and now it's over. I've lost my virginity. So now I might as well just do whatever, you know, and that is, that is a huge finding that we had too. And this, this was really important. I want parents to know this as well. When we stress virginity, we do our kids a huge disservice. For several reasons. One of them is just what you said. Once, if, if they, let's say they're making out with a boy, they go further than they wanted to, you know, they're not a virgin anymore. Now it's like, well, well, I guess I have no reason to say no. Mm-hmm. Because their reason to say no before was to stay a virgin. Mm-hmm. So then once their virginity is gone, they have no reason to say no. We need to teach our kids the goal is not virginity. The goal is chastity, which sounds like a weird old word, but chastity just simply means putting sex in its proper place. That's all it means. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It means treating yourself with dignity and respect, treating the people that you're with with dignity and respect. You know, that's, and that's, and then if a girl, you know what, maybe she goes further than she wants to. Maybe she, maybe she is no longer a virgin, whatever. Okay. Okay. But on, then on the next date, she can say, you know what? I didn't like that. I don't think I want to do that again. And she can say, no, because yeah. I don't want to do that now. Because it's not about her virginity. It's about making wise choices. And when girls understand that, they're way more le- or they're way less likely to have multiple sexual partners. Yes. Wow. Now, did you now is that something that also was found in the research? Yeah, mm-hmm. we found that. But here's another issue with, with saying that the point is virginity. It can be taken from you. Yeah. Yeah, it can be taken from you. And if we tell girls that their worth is in something that somebody else can steal. Yeah. I never what, thought about it like that. What are we teaching them? Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's deep. Yeah. And see, and that's the thing. It was like the focus was on the, you know, like even when it came down to the purity rings and the, you know, the pressure to make sure. Mm-hmm. And and then you find the, the 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 students who will say, "Well, I'm doing everything but penetration, so mm-hmm. technically I'm still a virgin." Mm-hmm. So you know, it's like, 
Where does the line get drawn? So I love how you hear how you're saying, like, if the focus is solely virginity, then that's where all the oh, so good. Yeah. So good. Um, okay, so what dating rules work best for the long term, you think? Let's think about different things at different ages, okay? Because like I said, the best thing is allowed to date, but choosing not to date when in high school. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't say that you should necessarily let your 13, 14-year-old date. Like, you can you can have different approaches to dating based on whether they're 13, they're 16, they're 18, they're 25. And I think what happened, especially in the church, over the last, is that we treat, the whole, we treat 13-year-olds the same as 25-year-olds. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. you know, um, don't date until you want to get married. We need to court. Uh, like it got super conservative and everything. Right. You know, it's OK to say, hey, you know what? You're 13. I know you have a crush on him, but trust me, you should see the pictures of the boys that I had crushes on when I was 13. And like, I am so glad that did not pan out. Let me show you the, what they're doing now. He's in jail. You know, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like you are 13. And so it is fine to have crushes, but you're not going to date until you're a little bit older. And then when they're older, it's like, okay, you know what? The purpose is just to find out what you're like, make, to find out if you can express yourself in a relationship. Can you speak up when you don't like something? Like, let's practice, you know? Yeah. Let's practice speaking up. Let's practice saying no. Let's practice what to do if you feel uncomfortable. And let's let's realize, okay, you know what? I'm going to learn how to identify red flags. And if I see one, then I'm gone. Yeah. And let's teach our girls that. And then when they're a little older, it's like, okay, well, keep your eyes open for a relationship. Mm-hmm. And we can also tell our girls, you know, don't waste your time on someone that you're not having fun with that you don't really like. Yeah. Because 16, 17 year old girls, maybe they're super busy with, they're in the school play, they're doing part-time jobs, you know, they're volunteering somewhere. They may not have time for boyfriend. Yay. That's awesome. Let's right. encourage that. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. My, one of my uh, students is always like, Miss Rob, I don't understand why everybody's so pressed about having a boyfriend. She's like, it's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. She's like, I have a job. I, I can't be having a, boy-. it just cracks me up. Yep. Um, so let's talk about modesty rules um, and how it enables. Okay. So talk about how modesty rules enable predatory behavior among teen boys and even grown men towards our daughters. What's a better way to talk about clothing choices, especially in high school today, because nowadays like the shirts and stuff and things like that were, were, but the thing is, is I think that what this is talking about is the approach of it's their fault type of thing. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, you know what? Schools should have dress codes. And because we should be telling our kids, hey, let's wear what's appropriate for the occasion. You're going to school to learn. So let's dress to learn. That is your point, right? Mm -hmm. And I've seen some awesome um, dress codes where it's gender neutral, right? Like, like this part of your of everyone's body has to be covered. And there's like a, a gender neutral stick figure. And it's, yeah. and it's like, yeah, you know what? Yeah. That's cool. Because guys should be doing this too, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so for sure. And I think we can talk to our kids about dressing what's appropriate for the occasion. So if you are going to go water skiing, all right? You don't want to be wearing a flimsy bikini because that thing can fly off. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, let's dress what's appropriate for the occasion. And you're going to school to learn. But the big problem that we've often had is that in both school and church, modesty rules have been phrased in terms of the boys need to be able to concentrate. And mm. y'all know that boys are visual in a girl in a way that girls will never understand. And boys can't help but lust if you're dressed like you're trying to incite it. And that's just not good. And we actually measured what happens when girls believe that. 
And when girls believe those two messages, they are 68% more likely to marry an abuser when they grow up. They're 52% more likely to experience sexual pain or vaginismus, which is a sexual pain disorder. They're 30% less likely to have good self-esteem. Like it's bad. Wow. Yeah. But think about it. Okay. Boys can't help but lust. Boys are visual in a way that you'll never understand. What do those things tell you? They tell you that boys are incapable of treating you like a whole person. Which is absolutely insane. I know. It's ridiculous. Boys, but but it tells girls the world is not safe for you. And so then yeah. when she is with a guy who treats her terribly and who lusts after everybody and is addicted to porn, she's going to think it's not that he has a problem. It's not that he's a bad guy. He's just a guy because this is what I've been told all guys are like. Yeah, this is what guys do. It's the it's the dog side of the man is what I always was taught. Exactly. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Um. Oh, we have a comment. So, oh, someone said agreed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We're glad you agree. Yeah. Um, so oh, yeah. So let me let me just let me just have the let me give you an example, okay, about predatory behavior. So oh, yeah. we looked at um a curriculum that was big in the church called Secret Keeper Girl. Um, and it was for eight to twelve year old girls, and moms were supposed to work through this with them to help them discover their inner beauty and figure out modest. It was it was crazy, but it was this big event that was across North America. It sold hundreds of thousands of copies. Okay. Oh wow. And it had this modesty um checklist. And one of the things was raise and praise. So you have to be able to raise your arms. And oh, if yes! you if your belly shows when your arms raised, that's bad. And here's how she described it. Okay. She said bellies are intoxicating. Oh, good grief. And then she had this conversation that moms are supposed to have with their daughters. Like, do you know what intoxicating means? It's like when you're drunk and you're out of control and God made our bodies to make men intoxicated, but you're only supposed to intoxicate one man, your future husband. So you need to cover up so you don't intoxicate. So she literally told girls as young as eight that the sight of their belly causes an adult man to be out of control. Good grief. That's insane. Yeah. I, I, I ne- like, I remember bits and pieces from as you were talking. It was, I remember bits and pieces of it, but I never did the full thing at all. But it's like, wait, what? I know. And that's the thing. Why didn't nobody say that, Leslie? Why did nobody say, holy cow, what are we doing? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's mind blowing to me, this stuff, especially like even for those of you guys who weren't here the last time that Sheila was here, um, when you had said how, even with the great sex rescue in that book, just like the mindset of like, um, Oh, what was it? Oh my goodness. I lost my train of thought. I hate when that happens. How, when it comes to the, the, the books that we grew up with, like I kiss, you know, the the dating goodbye and all those Mm -hmm. different books Mm -hmm. like that, where it was like the, the emphasis was always placed on the female, you know, get your head mm-hmm. in the game. Oh, you know, da, 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 when it comes to marriage and stuff like that. So like this toxic mindset where it's all still male focus is just mind blowing to me when it comes to sex. Like yep. all male, 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 male. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. There was another, there was another one that we measured. Um, the idea that, uh, boys have a hard time stopping in a makeout situation. And so it's a girl's responsibility to stop the makeout progression. Um, That was another big one. And that also had really negative effects because again, if you think that boys can't help, but boys can't help it and boys can't stop because their sex drive is too big. Then what you're really saying is that boys can't not rape you. Like if a boy can't stop, what that means is a boy can't help, but rape you. 
That's insane. That's insane. But that's what we always say, right? Yeah. It's it's just crazy. That mindset of the way that people, it, it, they feel like, you know, like if you're a boy, there's nothing you can do, sweetie. It's just, it just, it's your nature. Yep. Yep. And there's nature. actually very, like, girls have sex drives. Okay. They have sex drives. <laughs> And teenage girls can have a hard time stopping too. Like can, teenage girls can can want to keep going. Okay. So we need to start saying to both girls and guys, it is not okay to push someone's boundaries. Yeah. Whether you're a girl or a guy. Mm-hmm. It is not acceptable to push someone's boundaries because girls can push boys' boundaries too. Oh, yeah, for and, sure. And we need to tell people if you are in a relationship with someone who pushes your boundaries and who doesn't honor where where you've said no, then that is a red flag. This relationship is not safe. No, it's, it's, it, yeah, for 110%. Yeah, it's absolutely insane. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's again, it comes back to self esteem and self confidence. If you, mm-hmm. if you believe your worth is enough to say, hey, pump your brakes, you know, whatever, get me out of this situation, then you're going to have enough self confidence within yourself to do that. Yep. Yep. Um, so there is a part where it says, with the downfall of purity culture, um, there's concern that the pendulum will swing in the other direction where does your research say it should land when it comes to what we teach teens about sex yeah so purity culture what purity culture is a funny term because it sounds like what i'm critiquing is the idea that you shouldn't have sex outside of marriage but purity culture was like this cultural movement that came through around 1995 lasted till around 2015 but it's still there in large cases where it wasn't just about saving sex for marriage. It was all these dating rules too, but it was also um, the idea that a girl's worth could be defined by whether or not she has sex. So her her virginity defines her faith and she's responsible for making sure he doesn't sin. So it's all this other stuff. Mm -hmm. We need to get rid of all those trappings. But our research and multiple other studies have also shown, hey, you know what? Teens not having sex, it's largely a good idea. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, and, and we should be telling kids, Hey, like, this is what I want for you. And this is what mm-hmm. I think God wants for you too. You know, sex is intended to be something sacred. I'd really love it. If you wait for marriage, ultimately that's going to be your choice. And I understand that, you know, you are your own person, but here's why I would like you to wait for marriage. Yeah. You know, so that, so that it can be something which really bonds you. And if you have sex so early in a relationship, you can think you're a lot closer than you actually are. Yeah. And you can think, oh, I am so in love with this guy when really it's just that you have good chemistry. And when you're married, mm, you might find out I don't actually like him. So in you know, working on other parts of your relationship is so much better. And sex can be really personal and it it can hurt when you break up afterwards. It can. Yeah. And I want to see, I, you know, as much as possible, I want to save you that heartache. And of course, I don't want you pregnant or getting STDs. So you can talk about these things. Um, but it's, but ultimately we need to remember it's our kids' choices. Yeah. We can't control them. No. But the more information we give mm-hmm. and the more open we are, the more likely it is that they're going to make wise, safe choices. Absolutely. I, I completely, completely agree. And mostly because I see it amongst my students, the mm-hmm. ones who have those healthy relationships um, with their parents, where they can have an open line of communication where the mom is like, look, no judgment. I've been there. I get it. Here's why I don't mm-hmm. want you to do this. Not just don't do this because mm-hmm. you know that was heavily like, just don't do it you know, don't dishonor God, don't dishonor, you know, but that education piece that you just shared about like explaining why, like, this is why I don't want you to do it. This is why, you know, it makes definitely, um, (laughs) 
Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it makes a definite um, difference amongst, mm-hmm. uh, especially when it comes to the teenagers. And again, like I said, I see it in my classroom. And that's the best part about it is I try to be there for my students in a way um, that sometimes their parents just aren't in a position to be in, I guess. So um, in teaching sex ed, um, a lot of the times, like, you know, it's a sensitive topic. So I see amongst even myself, if I don't have that relationship form with them where they feel comfortable enough to share and ask questions, you, you sever that whole opportunity to meet them where they are right there. Yeah. So I totally get what you're saying. You're killing it. <laughs> Here, you want to know, you want to know another stat about that, which I think you'll relate to. You'll like this one. So um, we found something which is highly correlated with low self-esteem long-term and marrying an abuser. And it's feeling embarrassed of your period as a teenager. So when oh. girls feel a lot of shame about their period, where they when they feel like they can't talk to their mom and they can't talk to friends about their period, it has to be something that's totally private. Way more likely to have low self-esteem and marry an abuser. And it's not, it's not that like not being able to talk about your period makes you marry an abuser. It's the fact that you feel like there's something fundamentally wrong with my body. Wow. You know, wow. like, like I feel a lot of shame about myself. Mm-hmm. And so the more that we can just make this normal, like every girl does this, we're all mm-hmm. going through it. We all yeah. have cramps. We all leak sometimes. Yeah. You know, we all leave home without a tampon when we need one. Yeah. Um, the more we can just make that normal to talk about, then I think the better our kids will have it. Yeah. And and that's the thing, like, because I have a positive relationship with my students, you know, when one of my girls, you know, are are, do does need a tampon or need a um a pad, she'll come to me and she'll be, you know, um, you know, Mr. Rob just went to, you know, I'm like, sweetie, it's totally okay. Like it's not a because a lot of times it's like they come to you and they're like, and they're whispering, and I think it's so shameful. You know, it's so so yeah, I get that. That that makes complete sense. Um why have Christian resources you think not talked about consent well? Like how can our how can we talk to our daughters um about this better? Or me as a teacher, you know, when I'm teaching about sex ed, how can I talk about this better? I think there's two reasons. I think number one is that our main message was don't do it. And so if no one was supposed to be doing it, then there was no need for a consent conversation. Um, so we figured don't do it covers everything. Right. And then the other, the other reason is like we were talking about before, we have this conception of, of boys that they just can't stop. And so because of that, if a girl, um, it wasn't about consent, it was about her stopping him mm. because she should have known better. So she shouldn't even start. Absolutely. Like if you wanted to stop, you shouldn't even start because you should know that he can't stop. But that that means that consent is erased. Yeah. And so, you know, we we uh, opened our consent chapter and she deserves better with the story of Vera, who um, was sexually assaulted by a boyfriend in a date rape situation. And then she went and told her youth pastor she knew there was something wrong. She knew that this wasn't good, but she couldn't put words to it. And the first thing out of his mouth was, well, what did he expect dating a non-Christian? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And then they proceeded to give her a lecture on soul ties and how she's now tied to him. Oh, good grief. Yeah. Oh, that oh I know. I know. But they didn't talk to her about whether or not she'd actually wanted it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And when we give, when we tell girls that boys have no ability or respond or feel very little responsibility to stop and they're just going to go, they're going to push your sexual boundaries, then 
what do we expect them? Like, we're, they're going to think that it was their fault if they're yeah, raped. It's true. It's so true. And Again, so we're like, I just, I just want all of us to say to both boys and girls, you know what? Totally normal to have sexual feelings. You're going to want to have sex. You got hormones going through you. Totally get that. Your bodies were designed for this, but they weren't designed for it at this age. Not in our culture. You're not, you're just not mature enough yet, even though yeah. you think you are. Trust me, you know, you, you need more wisdom and it needs to be with someone you're committed to. So, but so there's nothing wrong with the feelings, but you need to know that you're going to, you probably don't want to have sex. And so let's figure out what your boundaries are. Let's make plans to stick to those boundaries. But even more important than that, you need to stick to the boundaries of the person you're with. Exactly. And if the person that you're with doesn't honor your boundaries, that is a red flag. That relationship is not safe. And in She Deserves Better, we we have like a lot of exercises like, is this consent or is, is this non-consensual or is this consensual? And so let's figure it out. And we have um, uh, lots of exercise on help them, helping them identify consent and even help helping them practice saying no. I love it. I love it. And that's the thing. Like all of this is like, it, it comes down to me. It's like, like you said, coming down to that, that communication piece, that self-esteem piece. And then literally educating. That's what this book seems like it is, is educating girls on what to say, what not to say, you know, and, and, and helping moms in the process as well to understand it. It's just, it's just, the, it's just. Because I think thing. a lot of moms just have some healing to do because yeah. a lot of us, like, you know what? A lot of us were date raped and we haven't fully processed that. I know it's, it's mind blowing. And a lot of us were were blamed for things that guys did or the way guys treated us. And we haven't fully processed that. A lot of us were told, you know, you take up too much space. You need to make yourself smaller. And we haven't totally processed that. And if we haven't processed it, how are we going to help our girls navigate it? So, yeah, you know, hopefully this will help women process their own teenage lives too. I hope so. <laughs> I mean, because this book is just... It's, it's, it's so essential and so timely. Like it's perfect for this time frame that we're living in. Um, last question. I, I promise I'm not going to hold you much longer. Um, <laughs> uh, you looked at how a lot of these teachings um, impacted girls' self-esteem in high school and as adults, but is self-esteem a good measure? Um, and aren't we supposed to be base uh, our worth in Christ? Yeah. You know what? The funniest thing we had, we had a thousand people in our launch team for this, which was awesome. So it was a private Facebook group. Everyone's talking about the book. And this was a concept that people really had trouble with because in church, they were always taught self-esteem is bad. You need to think of others better than yourselves. And, mm. but like you were saying, Leslie, the girls who have confidence, they're the girls who say, it doesn't matter what you think. Yeah, I'm like, good whatever. with myself. That's what we want for our girls. It's self-esteem doesn't mean that you think I am the most important person in the world. Self-esteem simply means that you think I matter. Yeah. I matter. And I matter because God loves me. I matter because he has a plan for me, but I am not going to let what other people think of me derail me because I matter. Yes. And I matter just as much as anyone else. Like Jesus told us that we are supposed to love others as we love ourselves. Mm-hmm which means we need to love ourselves. Yeah. We need to value ourselves. If your daughter doesn't value herself, if she doesn't love herself, she's going to let others walk all over her. And I see it every day. Yeah. And the thing is, is that what scares me most is the parents who are like, oh, no, trust me, my daughter, she's fine. I'm like, but if you only knew, she's like a completely different person at school. Well, also, like, often, often the way we define fine is a girl who's compliant. Ooh, that'll, wow, that'll preach. 
<laughs> yeah, you know, like a girl yeah. who's quiet, doesn't speak up. The girl is really easy to raise. We mm. think she's the one who's fine. But I'll tell you, one of the most important things that, that teachers and parents can do is encourage people to kids to disagree with them. Because if your child can disagree with you and can voice that in a respectful way, yes. And it doesn't mean you have to go along with what they say. But if they feel free to say, mm, mom, I don't agree. Yeah. If they can say that to you, then they'll be able to stand up for themselves when they're in a toxic workplace, when they're in a toxic friend group at school, when they're in a toxic relationship. But if they can't express it with you, how mm. do you expect them to express it with anyone else? Oh, so true. So true. Oh, my goodness. So good. Uh, we have one comment and uh, that I think goes perfectly right here. Um, we also need to be good examples for these teens. Being the right kind of model influences more than words. Mm -hmm. And that's what I mean. Like oh, so many of us, our most formative, um, the, the most formative experiences we have are often as teenagers. And that's where a lot of our shame comes from. And for so many of us, it's hard to even confront what we went through. And when we haven't fully processed it, then when our kids start to go through similar things, we're going to try to shut down conversations or we're going to try to control them. Mm -hmm. And that's not healthy. So we've got to look at ourselves too. Yeah, you know, we've got to do some of this hard work. And sometimes it means grieving what you should have had as a teen or grieving yeah. some of the things that you were taught that just weren't right, that maybe held you back. But there's a lot of freedom in that. There's a lot of healing. It's so true. And I, I just hope, you know, the book is full of charts. It's full of like really fun stats as well as awesome stories. And I, I hope that women will see themselves in it um, and will just feel seen and heard because we do matter. We all matter. Your daughter matters. She deserves to be big. She deserves permission to speak up. She deserves, you know, to, to, to create a life for herself, but you deserve that too. And oh, a lot of us cool. didn't have that as teens. And so I hope this can be a healing experience for all of us. Yeah. Because something like, even just the conversation that we're having, like if I was if felt a free to have this communication with, you know, my mom or, you know, even just uh, a trusted adult at church, you know what I mean? Like, but it was, it was harped on us. Like that, that purity mindset. Nope. You just, you're not doing it. Okay. But why? Like, can you tell me why? And then mm -hmm. I promise you, I thought everybody in my church was a virgin and never, ever had sex. <laughs> 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 because that's how they made it seem it's like okay so that's the forbidden topic got it yeah you yep. know mm -hmm. so guys definitely definitely check out sheila's book um guys and there's so many books that she has written that is amazing you guys have to check them all out um so if you search for her name on um amazon you'll see all of her books but the book we've been talking about tonight particularly is she deserves better and it's her mm -hmm. new book it just came out guys um, you definitely want to get it. Here is what it looks like. So when you're peeping through Amazon, and if you're like me, sometimes I forget the title, but I can remember what it looks like. So there you go, guys. She deserves better. So make sure you guys check it out. Sheila, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming again. Is there Thanks, anything else Leslie. you want to say before we wrap up? Oh, no, it's just great to be here. And uh, 
yeah, I'm excited to get this message out. So. Yes. Well, we appreciate you and we appreciate mm-hmm. all that you do. Trust me. It mm-hmm. is making such a difference. I had somebody reach out to me and they were like, oh my goodness, you're having her on. Like, I won't be able to catch it live, but I'm going to catch it after. Awesome. So yes, you are making a difference and truly thank you for following what God is leading you to do. Thank you. <laughs> Have a good night. Take care. <laughs> All right, guys, that was Sheila Gregoire. I told you guys she's amazing. It was so nice to have her on here, guys. But even more importantly, I'm telling you guys, this topic is one that is vital, Um, not only for the young teens and the young girls, but also for moms, parents, teachers to be educated on. Um, And then if you also want to check it out, check out her other books, The Great Sex Rescue, um, the girls, good girls guide to good sex book. Um, there's one, um, for guys as well. She has a mirror to things. So check out Sheila Gregoire on Amazon and all of her books should pop up. We have one last comment. Oh, you are totally welcome. Thank you. She, the comment says, thank y'all. God bless you both. And God bless you as well. So guys, oh, and hello, hello vlogs with Ezekiel. Hey, hey, hey. Okay, guys, so that is all we have time for tonight. Um, Thank you all for being here as per usual. And as always, guys, if you want to share this with a friend, tell them to catch the replay at www.lesliesaidwhat.com to watch it. But hey, if they're like me, you just want to listen, hop on to Apple Podcasts or Spotify Podcasts and look up Leslie Said What. Um, Or wherever you listen to your podcast, Leslie Said What should be there. All right, guys, thanks again for being here. And Leslie said what season four, episode three is out. Let's keep on coming.